Hi everyone, and welcome to The Language Classroom, a branded podcast brought to you by Fuel Education. Fuel Education partners with school districts to fuel personalized learning and transform the education experience inside and outside the classroom. The company provides innovative solutions for pre-K through 12th grade that empower districts to implement successful online and blended learning programs. I'm your host, Andréanne King. The Language Classroom is a podcast about world languages, education, and how to design the best program and activities for your classroom. We are here to be your guide on the nitty-gritty of what makes a language classroom successful. How can you get your students to speak more, get better results? In our episode, we will take you step-by-step to create your very own language program using the latest pedagogy and design techniques available. Think of it as free professional development that you can listen to in your car or out on a walk. With each episode, you will also be able to access free downloadable content related to the topic of the episode by going to resources.fueleducation.com forward slash podcast. Each episode will come with a PowerPoint providing some visual support, explaining the concepts of the theme and some templates and resources to help you in the creation of your language program. Let's get started. In the first episode, we talked about proficiency levels and how to determine a starting point for your students. Knowing the base proficiency level of your class will be crucial in designing the rest of your curriculum. So if you haven't listened to episode one, take a few minutes to do so before we dive into this week's program. First, let's talk about can-do statements. Can-do statements are objectives that are written in communicative terms. For example, I can answer questions about what food I like and dislike. Can-do statements are used as objectives of the curriculum and to map the content that will be covered in a year. Think of it as your bullet list of objectives to cover in a specific language level. Using can-do statements in your class helps students have a clear idea of the end objective of the lesson and allows them to keep track of their progress. For example, A student might be most likely to recognize that they can say what they like to eat as opposed to knowing when they can properly conjugate the verb to eat. In a sense, this is motivating for the learners as they see tangible proof of their progress through their production that they can monitor themselves. If you are not working with can-do statements, you might have been using more specific language-centered objectives like week one, the present tense, or vocabulary on sports. So why change and start using can-do statements? Well, first of all, can-do statements do contain all the functional objectives of a more traditional instruction type, but the emphasis is on the action of being able to do something, as opposed to being able to write a verb or memorize a word. If you think about it, being able to answer questions on what you like and don't like implies that you can use the verb to like, its negative form, and name different activities. This shift in the emphasis of the class allows the teacher to work on tasks which are more communication-based as opposed to strictly functional. If you're trying to have your students say what they like or don't like, you might favor an interpersonal activity over a worksheet on the verb to like. But does that mean that we don't teach the verb tenses or the vocabulary? And that worksheets are bad? Not at all. And this is what we will explore later on in this episode when unpacking the can-do statements. But before we do that, 
Let's look at the anatomy of a can-do statement. As the name points out, a can-do statement starts with I can, and then a verb, and then the communicative goal. You might think that this verb is selected at random, but you might be surprised that it's not. The verbs used in can-do statements refer to the cognitive level at which students are operating in a certain proficiency level. And now, we pull another artifact of your teacher training, Bloom's taxonomy. In 1956, Dr. Benjamin Bloom created a classification of educational objectives and a theory of mastery learning. This American educational psychologist was on a mission to create a hierarchy of the learning process, which would go beyond only remembering facts. His taxonomy classified the learning process as different steps to climb on a pyramid, representing different levels of the cognitive domain. While his model is one of the most used and well-known principles in education, it was revised in 2001 by Anderson and Crotwall, and this is a version that we will explore further today. While you might be familiar with the pyramid and the cognitive levels, it is their links to different action verbs that will particularly interest us today. If we start by looking at the very bottom of the pyramid, we will find the remembering level. At the remembering level, students complete tasks which require them to recall previously learned information. For example, a can-do statement at this level might be, I can count from 1 to 10. In this case, the students aren't creating with the language or transferring skills. They're remembering the numbers and saying them. Other verbs that are often associated with this cognitive level are know, identify, say, list, define, recall, etc. Working at the lowest cognitive level is what we often do when introducing a new concept. First, we want the students to memorize vocabulary or how to conjugate a verb before they can start using them. As a quick aside, we have compiled a list of different verbs and their cognitive levels, which will be available on the resources section of this episode. On the next level of the pyramid, we encounter the understanding level. At this point, students can understand a concept and interpret the information in front of them. They do more than simply remember, as they analyze the concept they are encountering. An example of this level in a can-do statement would be, I can describe the physical appearance of a friend or family member. By completing this task, the student must not only remember the words related to the physical description, but also associate them with the person they are describing. For example, if they're thinking about their friend who has brown hair, they must not only remember all the colors for different types of hair, but specifically how to say the color brown in the target language. Other verbs at this level are recognize, explain, express, identify, describe, and illustrate. After the understanding level, we reach the applying level. At the applying level, students are using the language in specific situations. While they're not fully creating yet, they're using memorized sentence structure in the appropriate context. A can-do statement example would be, I can write the steps needed to complete an experiment. In this case, the student will have learned the steps and are applying them to the specific context of the experiment. Other verbs at the apply level are use, develop, organize, and demonstrate. With lower level students, another type of apply activity would be to take part in a short conversation by using the correct sentences to answer their speaking partner. If we continue to climb over a pyramid, we find the analyzing level. 
At this point, students are able to break down a concept to its parts and how they relate to each other. They can make sense of a text and why it is structured a certain way. In my opinion, I believe that language students are able to perform at this cognitive level when they're further along their language journey. For example, a can-do statement could be, I can talk about my family history. In this case, the students are able to order the different ideas they're presenting in a chronological fashion and use the correct linking words to make a logical production. This will most likely happen with your students when they're operating at the paragraph level. Some verbs used at this level are compare, contrast, illustrate, relates, etc. Our second to last level on the pyramid is evaluating. At this level, students are asked to make and present judgment about some material. They're using critical thinking to not only assess the language used and the content, but also the cultural relationships that are intertwined with the production. Again, in my opinion, this only happens with high proficiency level students as they need to have enough lexical knowledge to access materials that invites reflection and evaluation. An example of a can-do statement could be, I can present information for and against a position in a debate setting. Some might argue that students do some very low-level evaluating when listening to authentic material and discerning the opinion of the speaker. It can certainly be the case, but often the limited linguistic knowledge of the lower-level students will stop them from being able to truly analyze and evaluate a complex opinion. Verbs often used at this level are criticize, critique, defend, evaluate, justify, and summarize. Finally, Bloom's last level of the pyramid is creating. When reaching this level, students are able to put together what they have learned to produce new sentences and content. If you think of all the content they have learned as little blocks, verbs are in blue, vocabulary words are in red, adjectives and other sentence pieces are in yellow, this phase is when they decide how to organize the different blocks based on the context in front of them. While this might be the most exciting phase for a language, it might also be the most frustrating for the teacher. If you have stood in front of a class of 20 kids who are all too shy to use the language they have learned with each other, you know what I mean. Or it might even have happened to you when traveling abroad and not wanting to try out your language skills on people in the street. As we continue with this podcast, we'll give you some tricks on how to foster a good environment of production in the classroom. A can-do statement at the create level could be, I can describe a holiday or a vacation plan. Here, students are creating because they're describing something that they will do in the future. As they're talking about something personal, they cannot copy something that their friend said, at least we hope not, so you're more likely to see some creation with those type of activities. Some verbs associated with the last level are compose, combine, write, summarize, and explain. At this point, let's take a break in our climb of the pyramid to discuss the final three levels, applying, evaluating, and creating. In my very humble opinion, I believe that this might be a moment where Bloom's taxonomy could use to be reordered for language learners. After all, our students learn to create with the language and form sentences much earlier than they can analyze or evaluate a text or production in the target language. Even from the novice level, some adventurous students can pull together concepts that they have seen to make their own sentences and combine ideas. It might not always be correct, but it's the start of creating with the language. 
analyzing, and evaluating comes at a moment when the learners are able to understand more complex production, but also vocalize their opinion. And this takes time and a lot of linguistic skills. Based on your teaching style and approach, you might follow these levels in order or try something new, and there's nothing wrong with that. The purpose of understanding the different levels today is to see the associated verbs. But in the next two episodes, we will discuss different approaches to authentic material and grammar instruction that do not necessarily follow the climb intended by Bloom. We'll see how we can flip some of these concepts while still fostering the best learning experience for our students. Okay, to recap, so far we have discussed what can-do statements are and how the verbs they use to represent the task are associated with Bloom's taxonomy. Now, let's move on to the next phase of our podcast, which will be how to unpack the can-do statements. As we discussed at the beginning of the podcast, can-do statements are made of grammatical and linguistic concepts that are hidden under the surface of the statements. It is up to the teachers to unpack those statements to make a list of needs to be taught before students can produce. If you compare with traditional instruction that start with grammar and vocabulary, it can seem a little counterintuitive. However, the results are much more aligned with a communication-based classroom. For example, if we go back to our can-do statements from the beginning of the episode, I can answer questions about what food I like and dislike. Here's how we would unpack this can-do statement. First of all, students need to be able to use the verb to like. Then, they need to be able to use the negative form of that verb. They also need to know how to say the different types of food and finally be exposed to the different questions that someone might ask when trying to accomplish this task. Unpacking the different concepts required to perform the can-do statement helps you establish a lot of functional objectives for your daily or weekly lesson. A can-do statement does not have to be completed in a single day of instruction. Some of them might take an entire week to cover. But knowing the different parts required to have the student successfully accomplish the task is the very first step in organizing your curriculum. From there, you can design activities which will provide students the necessary knowledge to finally accomplish the can-do statements in a culminating task. Also, remember that there's some can-do statements for all modes of communication. Can you think of any activities you would prepare to accomplish the different grammatical and linguistic goal of that can-do statement? A final important concept with can-do statement is that they can also often contain cultural competency that needs to be unpacked. So what exactly is cultural competency? Well, it is the ability to understand the attitude and behavior of speakers of the target language. Think of it like the unsaid rules that people respect when interacting with each other. Having a good grasp of cultural competency is crucial to be able to interact in the target language in a way that is appropriate and meaningful. For example, a can-do like, I can greet others, would also require students to apply the underlying cultural competency that dictates how to address people in a formal and informal setting, as well as based on their status. Can-do statements are full of cultural nuances that need to be taught along with the language. However, they're not explicit in the can-do statements, so it is up to the teacher to link that cultural knowledge to the lesson. This concludes today's episode on can-do statements. Don't forget to visit our webpage at resources.fueleducation.com forward slash podcast to find some supporting material from today's episode. 
In the next episode, we will start working on the skeleton of your curriculum and discuss authentic materials. The Language Classroom is brought to you by Fuel Education. It is hosted by myself, Andréanne Kane. Find more information on Fuel Education and their large catalog of world language courses at fueleducation.com.